Welcome to the Deepwater Podcast. I'm Dave Mercer. I'm James Judd. And our goal on this podcast is to learn to make disciples the way Jesus made disciples. Yes, sir. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Deepwater Podcast. Glad you can jump in with me today. So there's this fella in Silicon Valley, maybe in New York City, I think Silicon Valley, named Peter Thiel, and he's a world-class technology investor. And like he was, I believe, an investor and a CEO of PayPal at some point in time. He was uh, one of the initial investors in Facebook. You know, so he's hit some some pretty big home runs. One of the questions that... uh he likes to ask, I believe in a job interview, but I found this question quite quite uh, captivating. The question is, what important truth do very few people agree with you on? Think about that a minute in your life. What important truth do very few people agree with you on? Now, there's a tendency as Christians for us to say, like, well, my faith. And you could say that's true, but there are you know, estimates are estimates, but there are at least probably a billion people on the on the earth that believe that with you. And sometimes we may feel like that, that no one believes around me or stuff. But in general, just faith in general, our faith is not, that's probably not true. Might be some elements. So for me, there might be a couple of answers to that question. But one of them is that what Jesus meant by make disciples and what we as a church think about that is not the same thing. I fully believe that's true. And I really don't think many people agree with me on that. There are some. There are some growing. I got I got taught from somewhere. Hopefully Jesus had a hand in that. But you know, I'm not I'm not alone in it, but I feel less people do agree with that. Or they're not even thinking about it in a lot of ways. A couple of years ago, this was when we were overseas. We were back in the States, and so I just ran by a Christian bookstore. There's two in this city, two. So I went by one, and I was just asking, hey, do you have any material on disciple-making? And they had like, you know, it was a nice big-sized store. They had like one little shelf that was like dedicated to disciple-making, in which I found one good book. There may have been others, but I found one that was really great for me. And then I went to the other one, and they didn't even have it. There wasn't even a section for it. And when I asked about it, they kind of threw out some books, but it didn't really, they touched on disciple-making, but it really wasn't about disciple-making. And to me, if we consider the Great Commission to be an important command, and it was at least important enough that we named it, then it would seem like that might be something we should focus on, as opposed to, like, books for men, or eh, whatever, whatever it is. Maybe a little bit more focus should be there. And case in point, just in terms of like, we just don't understand disciple making. And I mean like major people, major people in our Christian community, leaders do not understand disciple making. And I freely confessed here that I didn't until a few years ago, and I'm still probably working through it. And I actually had this thought last night as I was pondering over this episode. Do I really think that I've just got, do I, do I think that I've got it and no one else does? And that's that's not true. I, I don't think that. But I do think God has opened up some doors and he's opened up some scriptures and he's brought people in my life in which I definitely see it 
a million times differently than I did growing up, than I did in basically all of the churches I was a part of until I was about 33. So, you know, like a major shift in my opinion. And case in point, I was reading an article the other day. It was about uh, three characteristics that all disciple-making churches have, which sounds awesome. And it sounded like it would be on disciple-making. And it was written by somebody at an organization that I really, really respect, and I've gotten a lot of good things personally from in my life. Uh, they've been a big help to me and my growth and my even understanding of disciple-making. Part of it's come through them. But the article, when I read it, it barely touched on disciple-making. And what the author was really talking about was like a mission-sending church or a church that supported missions. And it, part of it's this this confusion. And, and to me, my so humble opinion, the author had confused making disciples with uh, going and going to the nations and, and uh, telling them about Jesus, or going to the nations and planting churches, however you want to say it. And I thought, like, should I email this guy? I decided not to do that. So instead, I'll blast it out here, but I won't say who it is, and I'll, yeah, I just won't. But it's this idea, why do we, why do we not get disciple-making? Why have we so misconstrued it? Jesus gave us the command, and Jesus modeled it for us, is what we consider disciple-making or our discipleship, and I I ask that when I'm meeting with Disciple A or, or anyone else or other things I'm working on. Like, is, is this really discipling? Are we really making the difference? Is this doing it how Jesus did it? Because he told us, he modeled it, he wrote it down in Scripture for us. And yet, I would have to say the vast majority of churches in America are not making disciples. And I'm not talking about these liberal denominations that are heading off. I'm talking like good evangelical denominations. Good people that love Jesus, but they're not they're not really obeying that command still. And some of it, it falls on us as leaders in the church that we haven't modeled it, that we haven't taught it, that we haven't focused on it. So I thought of another allergy. Uh, allergy. I thought of another analogy. This is what making disciples is like, or versus what we think making disciples is. This is the crux of what's happening in America at this moment in our churches. So I recently got into a new uh, hobby that I hope will become a new little, at least backyard business, and who knows, who knows whatever else. It's beekeeping. I wanted to do it last year, but I had a back surgery coming up, and my wife said, "Like this is not this is not the year, James." So I I delayed, but I you know read some stuff, watched some things. So this year, this friend of ours, uh, bless the man, gave me an empty beehive. And so it's like, ah, sweet. And he thought I could maybe trap some bees. And so now we're looking at a low-cost way to get into it. And you have that first solid piece. You know, it's like the first brick in the road or something. So super excited about it. And I have been, uh, I hope not obsessive about bees, but at least very vigorously investigating bees. And I've watched YouTube I have a book that's 1,289 pages. I'm not reading it through from page 1 to 89, but like I'm referencing it. I'm looking it up. It's exciting to me. I'm reading it about it. I don't know how many hundreds, I don't know about hundreds of hours. I don't know how many hours of YouTube I have watched on beekeeping and how you beekeep and how you split hives and how you treat them and how, you know, there's like all these things that a guy needs to learn. Like I have been going to town on it. And, and I'm so excited. 
And then some people we know were getting rid of their beehives. And so I got a, a good deal on those. So now I have me a, a shed full of, of hive stuff that I need and a extractor and all these different things that I need for bees. But I, I don't have any bees yet. And I haven't actually worked bees any yet. And I, <laughs> if you've heard the, the saying that guy's he's all hat and no cattle. Well, I'm I'm all hives and no bees, but I know all kinds of stuff about them. And I, and and you could talk to me. I could talk to you, and I could especially if you don't know anything about bees, I can just wowzer you. And if you do know a lot and you have bees, I can I'm I'm in the conversation with you. You know I'm I'm listening. I know what you're talking about for the most part. I'm there. I can talk intelligently. I might even know some things you don't know. There's a local guy around here who has a few hives, and he uh, he's originally from Mexico, and he offered to take me out and let me see his hives, and I was so excited about that. And going out there and talking, you know, some there's some language things, but there were some other things. He said a few things that I I realized, like actually that's no longer true. They have they have changed their opinion on on what like what these mites do to bees or how they're affecting them. That's something I listened to the other day. So I've got all this knowledge, and in some of areas, I might actually know more than he does. But if you have to get someone to go open your bees and do something with them, who do you want to hire? You know, do you want to hire him or do you want to hire me? You know, I'm really high on knowledge right now, but I'm not really high on application. I haven't actually put my hands on. I say this somewhat jokingly to people. It's like, I've got all these hives, I ho- and I'm super excited about it. I hope once I get my bees and I get stung the first time, I'm not like, Either swell up and die or not like, uh, that's it for me. I'm done with these bees, you know, knowledge, excitement, but no practicality, no pulling out a hive, no finding the queen, no catching the queen, no uh, splitting the hive, no stopping them from swarming, no extracting honey, no, you know, like all these things, no wintering them, all these things I haven't yet done. I've watched videos about them. I know about them, but I haven't done them. And that's what we're like like in the American church. We know about Jesus. We've read Bible studies. We've read studies on what to do. We've, we've read about evangelizing. We've read about making disciples even, maybe. We've read about worship. We've read about all these things. But for the most part, we're not really doing them. And we're certainly not teaching somebody how to do them. We may be leading a, a Sunday school class, for example, or a small group. But are you also teaching someone how to lead that Sunday school? Are you training them? Are you giving that hands-on experience? One of the greatest things you can have as a beekeeper is somebody with hands-on experience that will come and mentor you. And they'll let you go out to their highs with them. They'll show you what they're doing, tell you what they're doing. If you get in a mess, they'll come look at your highs with you. You know, it's that hands-on training. Like, it's great to watch a video, but it's way better when somebody who actually knows what they're doing comes and looks at your hive with you and says, oh, did you notice this problem you're having here? If this continues, your hive's going to die. Or if this continues, your hive's going to leave. That's what's valuable. And that's a really a really good analogy to disciple making. Hey, this is what's going on in your small group. This is what's going on in your life. This is what the Bible says about it. This is how you obey it. This is how you teach somebody to teach a Sunday school lesson. This is how you go and you comfort somebody whose husband or wife just died. This is how you do it. Come do it with me. This is how. It's that practical. It's that hands-on. 
sitting in a church pew, coming very faithfully every Sunday, sitting in a church pew and listening will do, it'll have small, small, minor, minor changes. I mean, God can use anything on limiting. But if you want a lot better change, you go with somebody, you take someone with you, you go learn to do something, you get a chance to get in there and make a mess of your beehive and get stung a lot, and then you figure out, oh, maybe I'll have to do things differently. You know, you lead a small group and it doesn't go well, or you lead a Bible study and you get asked some question and you realize you hadn't done enough homework, and all of those things make a lot more difference than just the knowledge. And so that's my thought to you today. Hope that analogy is helpful. Be hands-on. Be hands-on with your disciples. Let them be hands-on. Give them ministry opportunities, opportunities to do something along with you, opportunities to do it while you watch them, opportunities to assist you, you assist them. All of those things will get us farther, farther, farther in the kingdom of God. Promise you that. And that's my analogy for making disciples today. I hope that as you're listening to this, that, that you have, it, I hope it is a help to you to make disciples. But in some ways, it's like watching a YouTube video. That's what you got. You know, whatever I said today, you can't ask questions that. So this is an invitation. You can ask a question. If you have a question and you need some help or you think, I would, like, I, I've got the knowledge, I'm watching the videos, I'm interested, but I need some hands-on. I need someone to help me. Uh, send us an email. Get a hold of us. Uh, you can email us at james at luke5, L-U-K-E-F-I-V-E, luke5.com. Send me an email or send it to podcast at luke5.com, and we'll get it. And if you need, maybe we could disciple you online for a little while if you're not local. Um, if you're a girl, my wife can can disciple you. Is there a way we can get hands-on? Is there some way we can help you? Or if it's just a question, you need to bounce that off somebody. By all means, give us a give us a ring. We would love to help. So that's what I got for you today. Go and make disciples. Go and make beekeepers. Go and get your hands dirty full of <laughs> venomous stinging insects. There might be some there might be some pastors that might say so there's some similarities sometimes between a church and a beehive. They can sure produce some honey, but boy, they can sting you if you're not careful. Anyway, that's my word. We will see you guys later. God bless you. I love y'all. Thanks. Thanks.